Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla, and we're so glad you could join us this morning. But before we get into the world, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for your loving kindness and your compassion that you've shown towards us, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to learn more about you, Lord, to know your heart, Lord, to learn how you think and why you think that way, Lord, so that we can be conformed to the image of your Son, Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior, Lord. We thank you for the joy that's in this episode this morning, Lord, and all the help that you've been, Lord, and all the help that you'll continue to be, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We are excited that you're with us this morning to get into the Word and, excuse me, to grow in our relationship with the Lord. So we're continuing our study of the book of Hebrews in chapter 4 and we are continuing our discussion on verses 11 through 16. So whether you're just joining us for the first time or rejoining us, I'd like to encourage you to pause the episode at this time and give yourself an opportunity to read or reread that section of scripture just to make things easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And now the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who would like to begin? I would. All right, promise? Well, a couple, we began talking and discussing about how that the Lord expects us to grow up in Him and how the Lord is always helping us and how we should be entering into His rest. And... First, the Lord brought me to First Corinthians, sorry, Second Corinthians, twelve, verse eleven, sorry, ten, my bad. And it says, "This is talking about Paul's thorn in the flesh." Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. It then we shall flip over to James one, first. Six. This is talking about asking for wisdom specifically. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by wind. For let not that man suppose that he receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. As we can see from these two scriptures, that whenever we should be asking God for something, it should first be from a place of faith. And when we first see faith, it's not going, Lord, I know you're going to do this. I'm just asking you, but it should be more so from a place of love. If we read inside of 1 Corinthians 13, talking about faith, it says that, sorry, love. That love believes the best. Mm-hmm. We should believe. We should be believing the best about God inside of every situation. Mm-hmm. And so that once we know that, no matter what we ask, as long as it's in order with God's alignment and plan and his will that we know god will answer and give us strength when we need it and not only do will he give us the strength that but that also we will also have the strength amen 
It's then. Um, going. This is. Sorry. Wrong place. Skipping forward a couple chapters in Hebrew, going to chapter 13, verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And God expects us to be able to say that with confidence. If we, When I mean say by confidence, I mean that we know that's true instead of our hearts are not going, mm, Is that true? Amen. And then going to James to define what faith means inside of God. It says, Faith without works is dead. So for unwilling to actually work and do what God has told us to do, we don't have faith in him. We read inside of, which actually brought the example of the paralytic man. And for that, once he saw the paralytic and the the paralytic man's and the people's faith, he was able to heal them. But if they had just laid there and gone, oh man, he can't get up, there will have been nothing for God to work with. Because they hadn't act, they hadn't acted on what their faith had given them. Yes. Mm. Amen. So I have, I have a question, and, and I have it because you talked about faith, right? And it has to be an action. But then you also made a statement about how if we don't have faith, right? Uh, or my question is more, if we don't have faith, why would someone even go to the Lord? They wouldn't. But then I have to I ask. need to get a good feeling. Well, but then I have to ask this question because there's a, there is a saying. It's a natural earthly saying. There's no atheist in a foxhole. So why is it when everyone, doesn't matter who they are, runs into more trouble than they feel that they are able to handle? There, there's a, a tipping point, if you will, when you understand, hey, there's no way I can do accomplish this. I can get out of this situation or circumstance, the circumstances an individual finds themselves in. Why then is it that every individual reaches out to the Lord? Be, I would say because they are, they already know when God created man, Amen. he said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. Adam knew, uh, you know, to look to the Lord for an ex to an extent. Yes, he tried to hide himself and make a fake suit, which didn't work. But he still knew that if he needed help, he could always rely on God. And that's something that's like an instinct for us. We know God. It's in our DNA. It's in our blood. It's in everything. Now, we have to cultivate, allow the Lord to cultivate that image. That's the furthering step. But for every human being, we, we know who God is. And we know that he is the truth. And he's the only one who can help us in those situations in any situation. Amen. So each one has been given a measure of faith already. Yes. With yes. which we can turn to the Lord. And since everyone at some or multiple points in their life, even those that are have been living in opposition, when it hits that point where it's clearly too much to handle, end up turning to the Lord or asking the Lord to help them. It means we already have it. So then as you stated, sir, the encouragement, the admonishment is to continually put your faith in action, your faith in the Lord in action. 
and to walk in his ways. Right? Yes. Uh, I mean, this is an incredibly important, I'll say, I don't even say concept, but precept, a foundational thing for us to, to grasp and to hold on to. You already have been given a measure of faith. Put it in action properly in the Lord who gave you that measure of faith in the first place. Yes. Instead of going back and forth. But then I also want to bring up another aspect to what you said, sir, which is understanding about growing in the Lord. All right? In order to grow, those things that don't reflect him need to be brought out, right? Yes. Yes. They, they need to be brought out as in identified, revealed, so they can be addressed, dealt with, taken care of, uprooted from our lives, right? Yes. Yes. That's all part of refinement. So in refinement, there is growth. It's not just about kicking our feet back up and laying back and coasting. There is work to be done in in growing, right? Even a tree. A tree doesn't become strong and healthy by just standing there, being placed in a, a geranium or a vacuum. But when the wind blows, and even in on a sunny day, you still hear the trees crack when they sway. They're being strengthened. So it is about no well, you could you could argue that they're being refined, not with fire per se, but they're being strengthened, they're being equipped, they're being encouraged. In the same way that a power lifter or a bodybuilder, right, doesn't develop muscles of that size and caliber without resistance in the form of weights and or and even natural push-ups or some type of, if you will, uh, gym or health regiment, right? Yes. Some, some type of ex- exercise regimen. So in the same way with us, there's that element and aspect in the Lord and with our growth and development, right? Those, yes. those muscles have to be worked and what happens as a result? It only further develops our faith in the Lord and what he can do and will do because it's proven in and through us, right? Yes. And in our lives. No, no different than a good parent and a child, right? Yes. Is it always easy for a child? No. No. But as they go through, as the parent helps and guides, and, and I don't mean do the work for the child, but encourages them, admonishes them, right? Teaches them, guides them. The child grows and now has more confidence that they can function outside of the home, right? Yes. And still have the same, if you will, quality of life. Be able to thrive in life. And hopefully they're encouraged to even go beyond and do better than, reach higher than, accomplish more than their parents. Okay? So there's continual growth even in the generations. So something important, uh, uh, since we all need to understand. But please continue. That was it for now. Okay. Who else? I do have something. All right, Charles. Telling me to speak. 
And what the Lord was sharing with me, and as you were speaking, promise that what we see here inside of verse 16, we see it says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Paul is saying, um, the Holy Spirit through Paul is saying that with the help that the Lord gives us, we do have to come and get go to him. And that you brought up the uh, example of a bodybuilder, no human looks like that naturally. Meaning that you don't just <laughs> pop out of the womb and you're extra whipped like that. You have to go find somebody to train you. If you notice in all those people, they have a trainer to help them. Or multiple, yes. Yes, and how they have to go get the help that will help them to succeed and get to their goal. That's what any sport, that's what they have to do. That's what we should be doing in our lives in our walk with Christ. We know the Lord is like the master, the one who knows how to do it. He's already been through all of it. And he's telling you how to do it. But we have to come down to, are we going to actually do it? So, and he's also given us Holy Spirit to help. Yes. To teach, to lead us and guide us. Yes. Okay. If for any athlete, if you refuse to continue to work on it, you're going to regress and you're not going to progress. Meaning that for a bodybuilder who doesn't lift the weights when the instructor tells him to do so can't expect the same benefits that will come as a result and that's how we should be looking at it inside of our own lives it's not as a okay lord it's all right if i don't do what you tell me to do because i can always come back and make it up but these are life and death decisions while it may not seem so inside the moment if he tells you to drink some whole milk instead of some skim milk it may not seem like that big of a deal but that starts to train us into building a habit i know from for myself, there's been many habits that I have started without that didn't seem like they were so big in the moment. I just say, okay, I do this, and this is what I want to do. But then I start begin to grow and expound as I continue to do that action over and over until it started growing to something bigger. That's how we should be inside of our life. It works with both negative and good habits. If we make the habit of listening to the Lord, regardless if He says sit in the left seat instead of the right seat this morning, you do that. If we're in tune with them to that regard meaning that it doesn't look like it's all grand but it starts to build the habit of listening to the holy spirit and the lord and how he tells us to do and to act inside that certain manner amen and the people that spend time listening to god and the little things are able to hear him and trust in the big things the, the human mind says oh i'll just listen for the big things but the the reality and the truth is that that's not the case because if you ignore God on the little things, you're absolutely going to ignore him in the big things. Uh, that's, that's the reality of what the experience is or what happens. But the adversary would say, oh, it's just something little. Don't you worry about it. Oh, that's just a little piece of fruit. Who's going to care? Who's going to know? Who's going to mind? And then thousands and thousands of years later, we're still enjoying that sin nature that came from eating that one little piece of fruit. And by enjoying, I'm being facetious. We're not enjoying it. It's still being uh, propagated through humanity because the sin nature was brought into the world through Adam and woman. Through an act of disobedience. Over one piece of fruit, right? It seemed like such a small thing. What's the big deal? It's just a piece of fruit. What? What's Exactly. So that's why we take the time to listen to God in all things. And when our heart is obedient to him and the little things we will be obedient in the big things but uh, coming boldly before the throne of grace and asking for help he who asks receives right we're told that in james we're told that in the gospels you have to ask come and ask yes 
so that you can get help. And he is a willing helper, a willing participant. The promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. So he wants to help us. Yes, Mommy. You mentioned just now, Mommy, about the the Lord showing us grace. And it really caught my attention when when I was reading this again. The Lord said it was a throne of grace. He didn't say it was the throne of judgment, the throne mm-hmm. of condemnation, the, the throne of hate. It wasn't any of those things. It was a throne of grace. And that was what it was built in in its entirety. So that's who he is. He wants to show us grace. And continuing on that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So he's willing to give us both, but we can't receive both. We can't get it. If like you said, mommy and a Charles and promise a dad, unless you go and ask for it and actually, you know, use it and apply it. It's, it does you no good to have a million dollars sitting in your bank and you complain that you want your lights to be turned on or you want your water to run when you turn on the faucet, but you're not taking that million dollars out of your bank and paying your bills like you're supposed to. You're not going and doing the work. So we also have to understand with the the twofold component, yes, you got to do the work. And also remember that God loves you. He, he always has loved you and he always will love you. He may not like or love what you're doing, but he, he loves you because you're his creation and he wants to see good come about in your life because you're following after him with your all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and all your strength and you love your neighbor as yourself because those fulfill the law and the prophets he's always looking out for your good but as long as you think that he's out to get you then you're not going to receive from him mama you mentioned in another episode that we had done a previous one about splinters how we would come to you because we wanted you to take the splinter out but then we would draw away at the same time and go don't touch it and then we would Stick mm-hmm. our hand back under your head, your your face, mom, and go take it out. But then when you try to, we snatch our hand back. <laughs> so we had to understand, and out, off the air, I was pointing at the boys saying that they did that the most, but it was actually me. I made the, the boo-hooing oh scene. But <laughs> as I got older I was and matured, I was able to allow mom to take the splinter out without crying so much. Sometimes I did cry because, well, skin had to be, you know, torn in other places to get it out. But at the end, I was able to recover, as you said, mommy. So when we come and we remember, always remember that God loves us, we would have no problem coming to the throne of grace and also be on the up and up. Well, so that's that's yeah. the key, though, right? The throne of grace is for who? Me? Us. Everyone. Everyone, but especially those that will acknowledge and I'll say receive the Lord for who he is. He's the Lord and Savior. He's the creator, right? For others, even, again, we'll continue the parent and a child thing, right? If a child is not, well, I'll say in good standing, but has not been obedient, right? Is is out of divine, or not divine, but parental order and alignment for the household. They're concerned about being judged, yes? Yes, of course they are. But he says, come here to the throne of grace, that you may find what? Mercy and grace. Okay, mercy and grace. So let's get the mercy. Obtained it, not just see it, look at it, but get mercy. Which is what? What's the difference between mercy and grace? Or what is what is mercy and what is grace? Oh, you tell us, honey. You say it so nicely. (laughs) Mercy is is not receiving the thing, the the consequences, Mm -hmm. the judgment, the of our actions, attitudes, and behaviors toward the Lord. Grace is receiving. 
the thing that we do not deserve, right? His mercy, his love, his compassion. Uh, and, and I'll say, um, not receiving the recompense for, for the things that we have done in opposition, rebelliousness, stubbornness, being obstinate against him. Okay. Yes, so yes. he says, come here to the throne of grace and receive both mercy. So not receiving what we do deserve and receiving all the blessings and benefits that we absolutely do not deserve can never earn. Mm-hmm. So understand that in full with our Lord and Savior. And, and I, I love this. I mean, I love the entirety of the word. Right? And Paul is writing again to the Jews of the day, but even to us today. And saying, hey, understand this about our Lord. Right? He's he's continuing to lay this foundation and now even build on the foundation of why Jesus is the Christ, is the Messiah, who he is, and the blessings and benefits that come as a result of true relationship with him. Not just following laws, not just right, but having a heart towards the Lord. And a heart towards the Lord because we love him. And because we put our faith in him and because our faith is in him, it doesn't, we don't drop it in and then take it out, but we we leave it there in him. Our future or our hope is also found in him. Amen. So let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, I just thank you for providing for our every needs, Lord, and first of all, our need of you, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for teaching us inside of your way, Lord, and that we're able to grow up inside of you, Lord, and have faith inside of your works and your will, God. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.